Welcome to the Weekly Roar. I'm Grant Brunner. I'm Rob Webster. This is episode 738. With us today is Laughlin. What animal are you thinking about today, Laughlin? A cat. Mostly because one is just flying across my foot right now and I can get free. Keeping it warm. Rob, what animal are you thinking of right now? A tiny baby moorham. A what now? I don't know what that is. Oh, maybe I've given it the wrong name. I don't know. Moorham. Uh, yeah, moorhams. How do you spell it? M-O-R-E? M-O-O-R. Okay. Sometimes called marshams. Mm. They're often referred I've to as never heard of them before, ever in my life. Maybe it's, are they just European? Is that the problem? It could be a problem, but the solution is spreading more hens. <laughs> I'm going to go with the whistle pig, uh, also known as a groundhog. Um, I live near a kind of like a wildlife preserve. Not necessarily wildlife as in uh, as in animals, but much more about, like, plant life and, and uh, like, the the water, uh, the, the, what is it, marshland, etc. The pH of the water, yeah. Um, and there's a path through it, which is nice. You get to walk through uh, a very, like, well-preserved area, and that's good. And while I was walking, you know, I, we, I've talked before, there's a million squirrels, lots of birds, but uh, a, a whistle pig a groundhog was on the path and spotted me and then really they're not so started running they're not very good at running so it's a lot of, it's like <laughs> um, trying to get away from me uh, and it was um, pretty funny it sounds great did you scoop it up I did not scoop the whistle pig up um, I left the whistle pig alone but uh, there you go whistle pig update 2022 <laughs> Whistle pig watch, whistle pig gate, IMO. Um, Rob, you hey. went. Aw- you went away. You left. Yeah. You left the, the the United Kingdom. I did. Um, and you went to Portugal. I did. How was that? It's good. It's a nice place. Uh, you want to talk about what you did or no? I could talk a little bit. We uh, we hired out a catamaran for the day, which was a particularly nice day. Um, went kayaking round Dac Cliffs. Uh, I was very bad at kayaking. It turns out it's it's hard. I remember. I remember um, doing it as a kid, and so I, I hadn't. I had like no developed upper, upper um, body strength. Same. Like I didn't even. I didn't have adult man muscles, mm. um, and it fucking killed me. I. It turns out as well that like ninety percent of our friends are former kayak instructors. Uh, so it was me and Laura bringing up the rear. Uh, we would occasionally catch up to the rest of the group. And the tour guide, who was also in a kayak, just as he was finishing up an, I'm sure, interesting story about how pirates used to use the cave to smuggle bones. Uh, and then they'd be like, right, smuggle let's do some more kayaking. Bones? I don't know. I didn't. I missed the speech. I was kayaking. Oh, yeah. So now you're, you're just left wondering, what yeah. are all these Portuguese bones they're smuggling? Yeah, I'm left riffing. Um, that sounds, I mean, it sounds fun, like, you know, boating around sounds like a good time. The being the only ones who aren't, like, kayak experts sounds like a bad time, though. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, Laura took a video, uh, of the entire thing, and 
there are multiple times when I'm just going, oh, I fucking hate this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. If ever, if everyone, if everyone was new and everyone was having a hard time, it, it could be like a, everybody's in on this and like, oh, you know, that, remember that time when we all had a hard time kayaking? Yeah. But if it's like you're the only ones doing it, that's, that seems problematic. I still enjoyed it. I still remember it fondly. It is my favorite day of the trip. But at the time, I was just like, I was I was trying to compensate for my lack of ability by flailing wildly, and in doing so, the harder I kayaked, the more often I hit my uh, my hand against the side of the kayak, which is usually what I'd be doing before I went. Oh, I fucking hate this. <laughs> also, I it, <clears throat> this was a long time ago when I did it. It was like twenty years ago, um, and I remember it being difficult to not run into people. So if like there's lots of people all kayaking and canoeing, etc. Um, that, and they're all bunched up. It's like, oh shit, I'm on the path to hit somebody. I, and it is difficult to like maneuver the boat when you are not an expert at it. And yes. Have, uh, to be like, I'm, I, hey, I'm not trying to hit you, but I might, um, ram you directly in the side. Yeah. I had the exact same experience as 12 year old craft. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it is like, oh, well, this is happening. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, was at least, were you kayaking in like nice clear water? Yes, we were. See, I was kayaking in a, in a, in a river we call Muddy Miller for a reason. Um, it's fucking disgusting. Fucking filthy. Um, so if you were to, uh, go overboard, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, no, I was I was occasionally quite worried about going overboard, not least because I thought I couldn't see the lifeguard, so I assumed that the lifeguard had assumed because there was a guy zipping around on the speedboat, making sure that none of us were doing something stupid like drowning. Um, and I, I think I, 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 I lost sight of them, and I was thinking, man, if I if I kayak badly, I'm toast here. But I didn't kayak badly enough to be toast. You'll be pleased. Well, to that's hear. good. Nobody wants nobody wants to be toast. No. Any any other any other highlights of Portugal other than hey it's uh, real pretty probably pro- probably at least from a like a, a weather perspective uh, nicer than the UK. Yeah, lovely weather. Although uh, I uh, I wore copious amounts of sunscreen and did not burn once, so I'm pleased about that. Um, Very yeah, excellent. There was the, lots of nice food. There was a place that was uh, that was a kind of restaurant on the beach type of thing um and it had lots of sea adjacent foods um so there were there were very few vegetarian options but the ones that were there were very very nice there was like a kind of mango sushi thing that was mm. that i enjoyed um that was were all very good. people who's who spoke portuguese oh no mm. Were you at least so? Were you in an area where they deal with British people a lot, and so they know how to speak English? Yes, yes. I, okay. I, 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 my attempt at speaking Portuguese was mm-hmm. so I've I've struggled in the past when I because I used to learn two languages at school, and I had to give up one language when I kept on uh, trying to speak one language, like grasping for words in one language, and. Uh, grabbing the wrong one so i've decided yep. i i have got two modes which is english language and foreign language which at the moment is japanese and for that reason i went i refuse to learn any portuguese <laughs> on this holiday um, konnichiwa i've got obrigado which sounds very close to arigato and means the yep. same as arigato so i've got that obrigado very very useful um yes. otherwise i mostly just tried to uh read things from the menu with panache 
that was my olive branch to the Portuguese language. Um, I heard, so I, I don't have all that much exposure to Portuguese yeah. uh, or, or to, to Portuguese from Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, the exposure that I have of Portuguese is Brazilian Portuguese. Of course, yes, yes. Um, and it, in my experience, I have heard people refer to it as sounding like russian spanish okay yes i can hear that i can hear that yes um is that like it sounds like spanish which makes sense you know they're adjacent to each other it is they're they're obviously different languages but there are similarities especially uh when people are not speak when you don't speak spanish or portuguese um that you hear you hear like okay yes these are some similar but then there's some there's some like real russian sounding uh phonemes happening yeah i was very surprised because i tried to uh read the menu items as if they were Spanish using my I never learned Spanish so using my assumptions about what Spanish sounded like and it, they often the uh, the very nice people who I was inflicting the uh, poor version of Portuguese on would correct me and I'd be like oh man there's more uh, there's more new songs in there than I was expecting. Yeah there is a a substantial in in Massachusetts along the coast there is a substantial Portuguese immigrant community but I've never really been exposed to that but they are there a thriving if you are in that particular part of Massachusetts <laughs> here um but not not here um and listen there's a lot more um Brazilian Portuguese speakers in the world than there are Port- you know Portuguese Portuguese speakers yeah yeah um i mean similar it's like latin american spanish like all, which you know obviously includes a a variety of different dialects but there are significantly more of those than there are <laughs> Spain Spanish speakers. Yeah. Um, there are more. There are more Spanish speakers in the United States than there are Spanish speakers in Spain. Yes, no, that's not, that sounds very, very right. So yeah, it is. I I have um, limited exposure to the to the to the uh, like European versions of those languages. Yes, it's not that different. Um, well, it's not that different until you accidentally use the wrong word. And then they're like, that means vagina, you <laughs> asshole. No, um, no, no. Seriously, the Spanish in Spain is really not that different than... It's slang is the biggest... Pr- well, it's not even slang. It's like, because there's so much, there's, there's so much crossover, like, one, like, the one that, that sticks in my head is like, in... In like Mexican Spanish, you want to talk about like an automobile, you call it like a carro. And like, that is not how you would do that in Spain Spanish. So it's like, there are just like straight up like, co- like some common words that because of like how, where you're exposed to it, that just like are not the same at all. And that, not only that, but it's like different regions in all of Latin America and like the Caribbean where it's like, oh, there's like whole parts of the language that like really don't overlap. Uh, when you're referring to like specific things, they're they're just uh, uh, constructed very differently, and I think that's very. Oh uh, yeah, but in Caribbean, it's really a uh, case of the pidgin language going on over there. There are some certainly. Um, so Rob, uh, overall Portugal, you think you would want to go back? Yeah, probably. I certainly want to do a similar holiday again. I, it's, it's, it's in the genre of... Hmm, what's the way of putting it? Like, I'm so conscious that there is <laughs> so much of the world that I have not been to because I've specked very hard into holidays in Japan. And mm-hmm. going to Portugal... Wonderful experience. The thing that it reminds me of is, oh yes, there are other countries as opposed to, I want to spec into Portugal like I've specced into Japan. Right, that right, makes right. sense. 
But um, if, if and, and hey, a- listen, that that trip is a lot easier than going to Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot closer. It's barely I barely noticed that I was on the plane. Yeah, I mean, like honestly. I, I, I spent a, a significant amount of time doing coast to coast fl- coast to coast flights here, and that's and that's like a minimum of six hours. Sometimes <laughs> it's closer to like seven, depending on things. Um, and that's a direct flight, not in counting like if you have to get off and, and change flights or whatever. And those are fucking miserable. I cannot imagine how <laughs> insufferable like an eighteen-hour flight is. Yeah, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a task. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was one thing that we talked about, and you. If you just don't want to talk about it on the air, I understand. There was one thing that you brought up at the very tail end. Do you want to talk about it on the podcast, or you want to talk about it after the podcast? Uh, after. Okay, you got it, pal. Um, anything else? Have you been? Have you been playing stuff? Have you been just relaxing, just fucking kicking it? Oh, I, I played a lot of board games in Portugal. I've uh, we've got a we've got a scoreboard in Power BI, um, mm. which is tracking the ins and outs and the the ups and downs of who is best and worst at board games. I am worst at board games. (laughs) (laughs) But you're having the most fun, and that's what matters. Yeah, I'm the highest for game count. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. For, like, enjoyment of thing. You're very high. Is there any of any highlights? Anything that you wanted to like shout out? Like, hey, this is a really good one. We played a shitload of Radlands, uh, which I remain very bad at. But I have uh, I've donated my standard edition to a friend of mine who we were also who was like one of my main Radlands competitors uh, and bought the deluxe edition because like, man, this game is rad. And lands. Yes, it's both together uh-huh. at last. That seems cool. That's that's nice. It just like what was it like what are you, like eight or nine people something like that? Yeah, nine of us. That's good. Also, I bet that means that like uh you know, if you're like renting a house or whatever, that's probably pretty cheap per person. Yeah, no, it's uh it is the way that I'm going to do all of my holidays in future. <laughs> oh yeah, Meg, you can do a lot more of them. Yeah, spread it, spread it. But yeah, genuinely, the amount that I spent for the amount of enjoyment I got is just an incredible return on investment. If I if I want to measure all of my social interactions by uh, by price spent, it's one of well, the better ones. But you know, like you have to like humans have to live. Like you need money to live. So it's like listen, like the price does factor into it fundamentally, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. It genuinely does. Um. So yeah, it, th- that is um. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I am, I am looking forward to traveling again. I don't necessarily feel super great about it here, um, uh, right now, but one day, um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do in, uh, in July, I'm gonna do a, a cabin again. We're gonna do like a week in a, in a cabin, which is like pretty much perfect in my, in, in my opinion, in my like very like leery about uh, remnant COVID. Yes. Um, where it's like, we're going to be by ourselves in the cabin, and then anytime we're going to be around other people, um, it's going to be outside. So it is very much like, it's go- I, I, I feel comfortable about that. I would love to, I, I have still not had my, um, like, wedding reception. Oh, <laughs> like, man. The- so, like, there's still, like, infinite number of, like, and, like, honeymoon, like, absolutely the fuck not. Um, haven't had any of that, because that all happened at the very start of COVID, and, like, I, you know, 
still it's still bad. Um, so I am I'm I'm looking forward to traveling one day, but I don't know when that day will be. For me, Hopefully. it's going to be the day after tomorrow. Hey, where are you going? Greece. Uh, how is uh? Are you are you doing something different? Or are you going like back and doing kind of like the route that you did before? No, no, I'm doing something way different. <laughs> I mean, uh, as different as another part of Greece might be, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm doing uh, uh, Ionian Sea, which is to the west, be- between Greece and Italy. Gotcha. I uh, a coworker of mine had a a wedding in Greece. So oh. she flew. She flew to Greece and uh, fucking loved it. Uh, she like has um, Greek ancestry. Absolutely not. Oh. Just had a friend who was getting married in Greece and then visited Greece for a couple of days. No, I'm not surprised because, uh, especially on on the islands, uh, the food is great, weather is great, the people are absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just so lovely. The thing that stuck in my head about when you went to Greece last time is mm-hmm. <laughs> that there was trash everywhere. Well, yeah, but that was in Athens. I think I I do think that she went to Athens. I do think that that is the place where she went for, to visit. Yeah, um, uh, with everything about Greece that is great. The the thing about Athens is that it's seriously underwhelming. It has a couple of nice things, but apart from that, if you just steer off the the like the most touristy avenues, mm-hmm. ah, so much trash everywhere and graffiti everywhere. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it I, is it is tough, right? Because like it, in terms of like cool history stuff, Athens is certainly up there. Yeah, and then well, it, it just okay. Obviously, I prefer not to. Okay, maybe not. I like uh, seeing unusual things, not just uh, the obvious touristy things. And that makes me wander around the place and see more of the city than I would otherwise see if I just did the classic tourist thing. And that makes me, like, peek under the hood a little bit, and I don't always like what I see. So, yeah. Unfortunately, that was the case with Athens. Yeah, when I went to when I went to the Bahamas in 2016, we kind of, we went off the beaten path, and it is just like they had been in, in the in the previous year. Um, they had been really really fucked by some hurricanes. Like, uh. re- like it was it was real. And so when you're in the like the very touristy area, like you get off you get off the ship and like yada yada, it's fine. But really, it's like you don't have to travel very far to see like oh these homes are in uh very bad conditions. Oh this person's roof collapsed. That. It's bad. They have a tarp over their house. Mm. Ah, uh, real, real bad. Uh, well, luckily, uh, it wasn't the case in in Athens. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just that it appears that the, the city is just a little, um, well, not being taken care of where most people don't look. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that uh, that sucks. Yep. Uh, Rob, you want to talk about the UK Games Expo? Yeah, I went to a uh, board game expo on Saturday. 
it was That's thumbs nice. up good. Um, I yeah, uh, I've I've not really prepared in my head what I'm going to say in this bit, so I'm just going to riff and talk about the event. It was uh, it was the least it was the event that feel, felt the least COVID safe that I have been to since the start of the pandemic. It was absolutely uh teeming with people but uh me and laura have both had covid well i don't know if laura's had covid but we've certainly had colds and such relatively recently um i've had what i think was covid relatively recently so we're like okay we'll just keep a mask on and see how it goes um that that aside it was uh it was bigger than i expected we had this there's the great big hall where it's like full of cool stuff and i went oh that's a pretty cool event and then we went around the corner and was like oh man there's even more stuff here uh i ended up buying just shitloads of like little games that are about maybe 10 12 15 pounds uh very few of which, I don't think any of which I have played yet, but I like, I've decided that I'm specking into small games that I can carry around in my bag. And I can go, hey, do you want to play this weird game where we have to uh, give each other insincere compliments? Yes, I do. <laughs> Hear me out, Rob. Here, uh, Here's a game you can play with nothing in your pockets. It's called I Spy. Wow. <laughs> well, the rules. You can play it anywhere. I'm gonna add it to the uh, to the game records. And then it's like hours spent playing I Spy in 2022, 43. Yeah, <laughs> achievement unlocked. I Spy champion Rob Webster. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that is that's cool. I have I have not been to any sort of like game expo. There there have been some like local Comic Con things. Yeah. And I've been like, you know, I'm okay. Um. <laughs> I'm, you, I'm off. I think I'll pass. I, I, that's the thing is I've been to those before and I've had mediocre to bad times at them. So I yeah. genuinely wasn't sure what to expect at the board game expo, which is why I thought it may be worth taking note. It's like the amount of things that you can do, the number of uh, weird stores that they've got set up where it's like, hey, do you want to play around with this weird game with us? I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll play around with this weird game with you. And there are people showing off prototypes and there are people like there was the uh, there was the baseball card game was available at a stand that someone was demoing i didn't get a chance to give it a go but it looked very cool um you just had a much nicer vibe than the weird kind of slightly gamergate vibe that i always get a a, uh, a, a more um I don't know. A more a more mainstream con, not that it's yeah, mainstream, mainstream that's, but you know uh, what I mean. What is? I a friend of mine. We, I was recently. I was recently talking to a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while, and we were talking about. Um, she was she was bringing up that there are people who like science fiction who because they like the like the the science fiction they like the you know the the novels they like movies they like TV shows they like poems whatever science fiction and then there are people who are like I like science fiction and what they mean by that is that they like like the trappings of science fiction they yes. mean like they like going to a con and dressing up or whatever yes. and like that's fine I don't necessarily think that one is better than the other but I do think that it's weird that we do not distinguish we don't have like great uh vocabulary to distinguish those two types of people no and i feel that way sometimes with uh video games and with um a, a lot of the subcultures that i'm kind of into because um again i've, I've, I've gone to those conventions in the past and gone oh i like weird geeky stuff maybe this will be for me and they'll maybe have like 
one Mass Effect prop somewhere and then the rest of it is like, oh, and here's like five, 500 Marvel stands. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't really care. Um, yeah. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's nice to go to a convention that is specific enough that even the things where I'm not super into it, like there, there were quite a few uh, tabletop role-playing game stands, which I'm not as big a fan of but they had <laughs> these cool dice and um because like laura who came with me uh is a very crafty person likes crafts and stuff we we're looking for cool dice and we had that as a bit of a quest going what's the coolest dice that we'll take home and i got <laughs> i say coolest i went for transparent ones with chickens inside <laughs> very cool very cool i think that's cool uh one of them had an egg inside that was the smallest die I like that mm. kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it was uh, it was it was really good vibes, which uh, it's, it exceeded my expectations, and it's it was the kind of thing where um, I went there thinking, is a day enough? Is it going to be too much? I could imagine it being the kind of thing where I'd want to walk around for maybe two or three hours, and then I'd be like, right, I've had the fill of this event for the day but actually um i feel like next year i would quite happily go and get a weekend ticket uh, because i didn't feel like i had enough time to do all the things that i wanted to do like there were there were strategy games that would have taken two or three hours uh, yeah. to play a game of where i was like oh i'd absolutely love to try that out uh, and i was like well i've got to get around this hall um <laughs> i absolutely don't have time for that but yeah was it well, quiet enough to really play the games properly because that's what i think that is one of like the biggest concerns for me with things like that where it's like if you're like i've been in convention halls and they're fucking noisy <laughs> yeah it was so there were a lot of <laughs> soundproofing would be far too strong a word but there were a lot of uh, little desks that were within booths that were called creating a modicum of a divide between you and the outside world. Not so much that you couldn't be seen, but enough that you could disappear into the circle of the game, if that makes sense. Right. Yep. Yep. Because it's like, and because like uh, one of the problems with like things like E3 in the past, where it's like you're you're demoing something on the floor, and it's like, I mean, it's cool that I'm playing this thing that's not out, but boy, is this not an optimal environment for me to be like trying to like absorb what this game is doing? Yeah. 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 No, it's uh, it's 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 certainly not the perfect environment, but it's a lot right. closer to an optimal environment, and there's. There's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of attempts made to create a more plausible environment. Cool, that's cool. Um, you want to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once, which yeah. I had hoped was something uh, was was like a thing that you were doing, but no, apparently is a piece of media. Yes, it's a film that is very good, and I think you could potentially like. So the way that I would describe everything, everywhere, all at once is. Um, what if they made The Matrix today, but they hadn't seen The Matrix? It feels like a, so. It's well, that sounds good. Yeah, so it's not to go too deep into the plot of the film, but it is about a Chinese immigrant who is just trying to do her taxes and get sucked into a semi-comedic, semi-dramatic, semi-action film, multiverse-based adventure. Mm -hmm. It's very... um, It's a lot funnier than I expected. It was one of those films where I... (laughs) 
I'd heard just enough about it that I thought, I want to go into this film not really massively knowing what it is. And I don't think that's necessary to enjoy the film, but I certainly enjoyed doing that. Um, I was stunned by how well it balanced the, uh, the different tones of genuine suspense and really fucking wild swings uh, at comedic... Like, really good bold comedic set pieces it was it's just very very good uh it's split into i'm trying to think what's the <laughs> a man i feel like i'm i feel like i'm talking around um what the film is um do they know kung fu yes or no they know kung fu yes okay good that is the most important thing to know um, I'm looking. I'm looking here at like uh, kind of like the, the the review aggregation and uh, received really some really positive reviews. Yeah, I think I think it could be a grand film. That that is intriguing. It it is. I I am open to it being a grant film. The problem is, it's probably not a Grant's wife film. <laughs> so uh, so it will be like a hey, tack that on to the list of things. That for Grant to watch uh, when, <laughs> when he is by himself um, and see where that goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, man, that's a it's a pretty that's a pretty strong pitch. Yeah, of it's the Matrix. If people didn't know what the Matrix was, yeah, yeah, is 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 it explores a lot of the same ideas, but mm-hmm. in a way that justifies both films existing without necessarily being particularly intertextual with each other. It's a it's a very cool weird thing which i really liked that's cool and i i do i know you have other things here we'll, we'll get to them but i do yeah. have a a um i think i think what it would immediately transition is i've been reading snow crash so i've been trying to like go through uh like i was reading neuromancer for a while uh now i'm reading snow crash i'm about halfway through snow crash um we kind of reading like okay here's like this here here are like the important books in like a certain field of sci-fi like some of them are like you know cyberpunk adjacent definitely neuromancer is extremely cyberpunk uh snow crash is yeah a little cyberpunky not super cyberpunky um i'm just kind of like go through these things that i've not read but they've always been like i should probably read this one um and i think snow crash Fucking sucks. I think Neil Stevenson <laughs> is a hack. Um, which is wild because it's not like I went in being like, well, people love Snow Crash. People think it's great. And like, it, it is like the, <laughs> the herald of the metaverse nightmare that we are going into. It is like, it is like literally that. It is, it is, it is kind of like the thing that a bunch of rich billionaire tech assholes read and were like, dude, that we should do that. Um, and so I went in expecting Snow Crash to be like maybe not necessarily be like my jam, like oh man, I love this, but I expected it to be competent. And really, it was like, it was like in the first six minutes of me reading Snow Crash, and I'm like, this is fucking terrible. I fu- every word out of this motherfucker's mouth, I hate it. <laughs> um, and uh, like just. If you could just imagine, what is the smuggest, shittiest, like, and, and honestly, I feel like, oh, this is probably, like, where a lot of the tone of, like, what I was reading in, like, forum posts in, like, the early aughts, like, they're probably ripping off Neil Stevenson, but, like, <laughs> that shit sucks. That shit fucking sucks. And, like, it's kind it immediately deals with, like, some, like, there's, like, in-world, like, Hey, the main character. The main character's name is Hero Protagonist. 
Oh, it shit. fucking Oh, it God, fucking, I hate it so much. Dude, it sucks. Dude, it fucking sucks. Snow Crash is bad, and the people who like it don't know what good writing is, is what, I'm, is what I am here to say. Oh, yikes. Big, big yikes. When, when was this book written? 1992. Ugh. Laughlin, have you read Snow Crash? No, no, I didn't. It, let me tell you, um, don't. It's uh, really bad. <laughs> um, it is. It is like one of the thing. It is one of those. Is one of those books that you hear people talk about being like reading Snow Crash changed my life, <laughs> and like. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you saying that having just told me that the protagonist's name is Hero Protagonist. Yes, H H I R O Rob, because oh. he he's a black man, but his grandfather took samurai swords oh, or whatever, like sake. like katanas from a, a Japanese officer in World War Two. Oh God, it's, it's the oh, entire no. personality of the worst person on the two thousand three internet. It really, really, truly is, and. They're just like it's like in the first five minutes it's like here's some here's some Orientalism <laughs> here's some sexism here's some like fat phobia like in the first in the first like couple of pages it's like thicker than a fat woman's leg and I'm like F- fuck off Neil Stevenson yeah fuck off forever I ha- let me tell you fuck, Snow Crash you- bad this this sounds like Ready Player One and Two oh yeah Ready Player One definitely is like take snow crash but make it ip (laughs) it is it is like yeah yeah yes ready player one is take take like the core premise of of like the metaverse um like it uses that word like that's where the word comes from uh in this specific context like obviously you could put like meta and verse together it's not like neil stevenson is some magical person but like in the specific context of like what if you like you put it on a, a helmet and you like you transports you to a virtual world metaverse is a snow crash thing i and would like to have some bleach for my brain after hearing this shit yeah so i i am i am here to tell you uh pass hard pass on snow crash i'm gonna finish it because i'm already i'm already halfway through and i kind i kind of want to see it out but boy is it just like oh i can just discount like huge swaths of what people say like oh yes this very important scare quotes a very important science fiction novel snow crash um and it's also like is this just how neil stevenson i've never read a neil stevenson book before but i'm like is this just how he writes is he a very successful sci-fi author author by writing this hack shit because and like obviously you can say like oh it wasn't as hacky then it was more important than, but like it still it it would have sucked then and it super sucks now <laughs> it sounds like the kind of book that uh drill the yes. character of drill would love yes um, yes I just exactly Googled him and on top of everything he also and i'm sorry this is going to sound mean but he he looks like he, he looks like lennon huh well there are worse people to look like i guess is Bolden does he have, does he have the beard? Bolden has a goatee, and mm. something about his nose also. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Snow Crash. Anyway, but that, that's I just like because we were in the like the Matrix adjacent thing. It was like, wow, we're thinking about that. <laughs> like, hey, maybe you should watch everything everywhere all at once instead of reading Snow Crash. Yes. Oh Crash. Oh, this was written in two thousand. I'm sorry, in nineteen ninety two. Yep. This. this. And let me tell you, I don't think I don't think that that neuromancer is like 
great, and there's definitely some racism <laughs> going on in in Neuromancer. Like there, like <laughs> there's like the Jamaican Rastas, and also like the baked in fucking Orientalism that sucks in like ninety nine percent of cyberpunk. Uh, which, like, to be fair, like the Matrix is guilty of that same fucking Orientalism shit too. I I am not I'm not like exempting the Matrix from that bullshit. It definitely oh, does that. Not only that, did you see Cloud Atlas? Oh, yeah, well, I have not seen Cloud Atlas, but I know what Cloud Atlas does <laughs> with the, like, we're transracial, and it's like, mm, nope, nope. No, you're not. No nope. one is. How this about is this? No. Check this out. No. How about no? Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're interested in some Matrix adjacent shit, uh, Rob's thing sounds way better. Yes. Um, yeah. Rob, you've also been, oh, go ahead. No, I just, oh, just yes. Um, so Rob, you've also been watching some other things you want to talk about? Yeah, I'll talk briefly about Stranger Things Season Series 4, which came out just at the end of May. Uh, or I say all of it except for two episodes came out at the end of May. The uh, last two episodes are coming out at the start of July, which to me feels like Netflix's clever way of getting people to pay for two months of Netflix instead of one month of Netflix if they want to watch Stranger Things Season 4. Uh, Hear me out. What if you just didn't pay? for may or june and you just watched it all in july i mean that's a good that's a good workaround you've you've one step ahead of netflix there um either way i have netflix account so i watched it anyway um stranger things series four is uh weird so um i don't i don't remember how much i've talked about stranger things on this podcast before. none i would say you have you have talked zero about it okay cool which is weird because i would like to talk about this too let's go Cool. So, Stranger Things Series 1 was uh, a story about there's a boy in the Upside Down, and how do we get him out of the Upside Down? Very focused story, very um, clear through line, and the things that they did with the kind of uh, 80s nostalgia, but transposing a more... Um, I guess modern form of narrative on it that worked really well. That was really cool. Yeah, and the, the storytelling was tight. Yes, it was tight. It was definitely tight in series was it one. Tight as in, as in, like well edited, or was it tight as in, like damn, that shit's tight, son? Or as is in it well edited? It was both. Okay, good, cool. I like tight shit. Lothalyn, have you watched all of series four so far? No, because it felt weird to me. But I, as you are well aware, I uh, appreciate spoilers, actually. So, okay. um, go. So, go I won't wild. worry too much about spoilers. As I, I only else. watched, like, three episodes so far. I just, I'll tell you later. I was busy anyway. No, no, fair enough. It's, I, I mean, yes. <laughs> so my biggest contrast between the uh, series one, very tight, and where we've ended up with series four, is series four is the definition, I would say, of an incredibly flabby TV series. It was loose, one might say. It's incredibly loose. It's very, very loose. So we've had the characters that we've been growing with for X number of series now, uh, three, as it happens, uh, and they're all being split up into different groups. And instead of being set in just this one uh, town in Indiana where all bad shit seems to happen, as is the convention of the genre. Uh, I mean, uh, I would say the convention of Indiana. 
Yeah, is that only bad shit can happen here? Yes. Um, it is now. Oh, this one group of characters is in California, and this one group of characters is going off to Alaska, and this character is imprisoned in Russia. And the experience that I found is I continue to basically enjoy Stranger Things as a flavor. I think the characterization. I don't think the character writing is like super um, authentic. It's, they feel very televisual. I feel like a lot of the characters feel like kooky TV characters in a way that they didn't necessarily in the first series. There's a character who's the mother of one of the children who started as a very, uh, very easy to empathize with. And now she's off like kicking Russians in the face and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's got weird, but in a way that feels consistent with the genre. It's a way that's still basically fun. Um, it's just slightly too much going on all of the time. There's probably about five different side plots going on, very few of which integrate with each other particularly well. So there's one character who's like the psychic, uh, the psychic girl, uh, Eleven, who's in all the posters, and uh, she's got a shaved head because she's come out of a laboratory, and she spends most of, well, I think, yeah, certainly the entire second half of the series trapped in a lab, and we're just having flashbacks of her life from before we met her as a character there's a couple of characters who were previously leads who don't appear in the final episode of this half of the series at all all of the episodes feel about 15 minutes too long it's been a really really weird experience of broadly enjoying it moment to moment but anytime it changes from one subplot to the other i'm like oh yeah shit that was happening wasn't it those those people in russia i wonder what's going on there and it's just oh it's not quite working it's yeah close to working it's close to working in an interesting way but it's also failing in quite an interesting way and it's it's i'm looking forward to the final two episodes but i'm also a little bit, it's, a little it's, bit of shame. it's not what yeah 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 it's it's in a really i'm in a really weird place with it right now um yeah i so it, it's so it's very kingian is my understanding it is Stephen King yes. ass Stephen King bullshit. Very, very um, much so. They've, they've, which, they've changed genres a little bit from being kind of the underground, ooh, it's the underworld, and now they've, they've they started going a little bit more haunted house with it. They've been starting to go a little bit mm. more it, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that part sounds good. I, I find some of the, like, the just the, like, aesthetic, the, like, do you remember the 1980s? To be, like, a little eye-rolly. Yeah. Um, and I, I am, like, I would say that I am, like, vaguely interested, and it's always been like, ah, you know, one of those days, maybe I'll look into that, and then it is a Grant's wife has not just, like, no interest, like, negative interest. In, <laughs> Anti-interest. Yes, exactly. She owes interest. Yes. <laughs> um, because, like, it's just not at all what she is interested in. So it is, it, again, it is one of those things where it's like, I don't know, maybe this could be up my alley. Maybe it, I'm like, fucking, I love Stephen King, even though, like, I recognize a bunch of problems with Stephen King. Um, but, it, you know, am, am I going to sit down and watch four seasons of a show by myself? Probably not. No, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend one series all by yeah. yourself. Yeah. I mean, that sounds good, right? Like, does, is it, is it, is it closed in enough that like you feel some resolution even if they leave stuff open for more like do you feel like there is enough resolve in the first series yeah, yes yeah. to okay. my recollection yes it was it was a few years ago now but yes that scene see the things that come out and they're like hey this is going to take you 
five hours. I'm like, all right, this is a thing that I am actually like could do. I mean, this is the thing about the Star Wars, the Disney Plus Star Wars things, is that like <sighs> to to date, I think they've been pretty bad. But it's like, well, you know, there's only six of these. I guess I can watch them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like you, like let me tell you, as somebody who is currently watching the X Files, there's too there's too many episodes of the X Files. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I think there's something to be said for brevity. Yeah, as long as you're not trying to binge fucking Grey's Anatomy, that for some fucking reason is still running. Yeah, I, I mean, I I understand, and also as somebody who's like sometimes just wants something, um, like an infinite supply of something that is easy to watch, like mm. it. It kills me because it's like when we we will be like watching a thing and we'll just be like, yes, we don't want something that requires any effort, like like Bob's Burgers. We we like we rewatch like all of Bob's Burgers, and it's like it feels like a warm blanket. There's nothing that is like challenging to me. I I don't leave it. I don't I don't leave in a bad mood, which I feel like increasing amounts of media make me leave in a bad mood. Oh, um, yeah. And so like and that's great, but like inevitably even if there's lots of it you run out so like i can kind of understand why those things like it's kind of like the law and order thing where it's like i don't want to watch law and order but i understand the appeal of law and order where it's like i listen this is a cool this is a thing i can leave on in the background and just chill and requires literally nothing of me (laughs) (laughs) um so i i definitely i definitely get that um so yeah stranger things i you know maybe i'll check it out uh, especially with it being done is something that also is a, is a thing that it's like, okay, now that this is done, maybe I can look into it when things are uh, open-ended. Like, maybe this will last a million years. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. bad news for you regarding Stranger Things in that case, because season five is also going to happen. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. I thought they, ca- I thought, well, not canceled, but like, I thought that they, they were ending it. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were as so. uh, Yeah, they are after fifth season. So one more. Oh, man. Huh. I mean, this this is the the news I I got. Anyways, I huh. I might be wrong, but uh, this is just what I heard. Obviously, um, it's the Attack on Titan approach. <laughs> no, no, I I just Surprise. I just that they have a plan for another season as well, and it's being in the works already. So, huh. first season is definitely awesome. Second one was mm, I don't know, not that fun. Even though um, it was focused on eleven. Mostly, I think. Uh, it wasn't wasn't really that great. I think it comes from the fact that they uh, the, the writers don't actually understand teenage girls that well. Mm. <laughs> and here, here here's my pitch. I good. think. Oh, go ahead. The third one was good. I like the third one as well. Yeah. Yeah. There are two types of of television program. Uh, that, that, a big ultra categories. There is the kind of TV show where the first season is the best season and everything else is a pale comparison. And then there is the kind of television where the first season they didn't quite get there. And then the next couple of seasons are where the bangers are. Fully with Uh, you on that. Yeah, yeah. that's called growing the beard. Uh, yeah, it um, comes from Star Trek: The Next Generation because this uh, second season is where Riker grew the beard and the show got good. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, there's there is. I I I feel like I the the Walking Dead. 
I watched because the the first season of The Walking Dead was only six episodes, and it was by and they was like directed by Frank Darabont, who's excellent. And like you want to talk about King adaptations, holy fuck, that is the dude you want to do a King adaptation. Um, he's like the, the Shawshank Redemption, the Green Mile, etc., the Mist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he and he so he did that first season, and then they kicked him out. But that, those six episodes of The Walking Dead are really, really good. And then I watched the second season of The Walking Dead and I go, oh no. <laughs> like, like there's parts of it that are good, but it's like, oh, this is just the most wheel spinning shit you could possibly imagine. Um, and then they continued making The Walking Dead for like another decade. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they all dead, the original guys? Probably, I would imagine. But like, I will, Still I will, to, I will say to this day, those six, those like oh, that first season of The Walking Dead is legitimately extremely good. But like, fuck everything else about The Walking Dead. Um, Rob, you also you've watched uh, the Taskmaster. Is Taskmaster the, is this season over? Almost, it is. So there's an episode on as I am speaking right now, and then next week is the finale of this series. So. I thought I'd bring it up. This you were mentioning. Uh, you mentioned during uh, the last segment. Uh, there are some shows where you just want an infinite supply of something that is easy to watch, and uh, Taskmaster Supply has just got marginally more bottomless, which is yes. which is always a pleasure. It's been uh, genuinely. I feel like I say this quite a lot. It has been one of the most fun casts to watch. They're all lunatics in their own way, in a way that oh, is very. Good. It's very very enjoyable they're all bouncing off each other really well and it's the first one that's been filmed um since uh it back in the pre-covid style where they're all uh where they're slightly closer together and the tasks are, uh, are not quite as there's, there's not the social distancing in the uh, team tasks in the same way and mm. it's just that that live audience just adds a tiny bit of an extra frisson it gives it a little bit of extra immediacy it's yep. it's just so nice to spend another 10 episodes in the taskmaster house and uh, 10 episodes in the company of a cast where i'm like god i'd happily have another another 10 episodes with these people they're all so funny uh yeah yeah I, I i that sounds great because what that that first uh series when they uh after covid hit yes was like uh oh uh, uh-oh yes <laughs> oh oh no <laughs> it, it it has been tampered with <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the atmosphere, particularly of the first few episodes, and I still don't know whether I got used to the COVID restrictions or whether they got used to the COVID restrictions, probably a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. I certainly felt like the following two series felt a little bit more natural again, Um, but just it's... I, I, and again, it's very hard to tell <laughs> because all of the dynamics of the groups tend to be quite different from series to series. It's hard to know. Well, would these people have sparked together even if they were sat like five foot away from each other? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's got so much life. This series, I've been really enjoying it. It's been a real, it's been a real bright spot in my week. Excellent. That is that sounds great. I look forward to it being done, and then I will <coughs> acquire it. Yeah. Um, uh, entirely. And here's the, if they would just put it out in the fucking United States, I would probably just buy it. But, oh uh, goodness. Yeah. They've, 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 they've managed to wrap themselves in knots with that. They, they've got a, they've got like a dedicated streaming service that has been specifically designed for around the world. Um, like you can, you're, 
the idea is that you can get it no matter what country you're in and you can get uh, international versions of Taskmaster on it as well. And it's the kind of thing where you probably don't want to subscribe to it for an entire year, but you might want to subscribe for it to two months and binge or something like that. Um, oh, I didn't even know that existed because when, when I was trying to get things before, it was like, no, nah, man. Well, <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> Well, it's relatively recent. I think okay. they launched it between the previous series and this series. However, oh, okay. for whatever kind of strange, naughty rights reasons that don't seem to make sense to anyone, um, they they don't have the current series on there yet, which is dude. What? Confusing. That's the thing you need. Yeah, agreed. It's it's very odd. Yeah, you're do- you're doing it wrong. Like, hey, I understand that. Like, oh, legal stuff. Fucking figure it out. Like, that is the thing. That's the thing you have to have. So um, don't do it until you can do it. Yeah, so the campaign starts here. Let Grant watch Taskmaster. Yeah, dude, fucking, if you just, like, do a deal with a fucking Hulu or whatever and get paid, Taskmaster, surely the people who, whatever production company fucking owns it, surely they would like to get paid, right? You'd think so. Uh, do a deal. And yet all I their mean, behavior points to no. Yes. That 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 is as an odd thing, but uh, listen, man. Uh, if they if they fucking get it together, then maybe maybe I will change my tune. In the meantime, I will enjoy it gratis. <laughs> <laughs> um, Laughlin, do you have any games you want to talk about, or should we move into not E three? Not E three, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Dragon Age news. Uh, it's. The next one's called Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Wow. Um, no additional news. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no news this year. <laughs> um, I mean, I think part of it is that EA is just like not doing anything this summer, but I think part of that is not just like they have decided to not be part of Naughty 3, but I think some of it is like, oh, stuff is complicated. They, they did say like, you know, you'll probably learn more about it later this year. Um, so in my in my uh, my the, my parentheses is just LMAO instead of a, <laughs> instead of a, any sort of date. Um, just yeah, well you know I, they're working on it. Presu- presumably <laughs> they have people working on it. Um, they they have a um, a uh, a QA team that, that that they partnered with uh, mm-hmm. that is working on Dragon Age. They uh, unanimously decided to unionize. So good on them. Right. Good for them. Uh, North America, let me tell you, we're fucking in a, we're in a, a union frenzy. Yeah, it's a union renaissance. I, uh, I appreciate it. It's delightful. Um, Rob, have you, wa- so, uh, uh, let me, let me get a, let me get a temperature check. Rob, have yes. you watched any of the not E3 material to date? Uh, yes, I was watching the, uh, summer game show, uh, right mm-hmm. up to the recording of this podcast. I missed the last 10 minutes. Um, I also was watching it and putting up trailers on Duke.com. Uh, Laughlin, have you watched any of the not E3 to date? No, not, not yet. Just, uh, no, just the thing that you posted with, um, trailers and the like. Just, just the Dragon Age thing. Yep. Uh, so there have been two things that I would say qualify as not E3, as, as E3 in, <laughs> with, with no E3, these are the E3 closest things. Um, there was a PlayStation play, uh, state of play, uh, last week. And that was, I would say, pretty well received. And yeah. I watched it and I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> like, this is okay, but nothing, nothing for me. Uh, Jared liked it a lot. It had Street Fighter. So he was into that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, the, as we were recording today, um, it, there's the the Summer Games Fest, which is the Jeff Keeley thing. Um, I have thoughts, Rob. Um, do you want to give your 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 overall <laughs> thought on uh, on the Summer Game Fest uh, stream? I was typing. So during the first half of the Summer Games Fest, the uh, stream. I was typing. You know, I don't. Maybe it's just me who does this. Sometimes I'll type things into Google just to see if anyone else is saying the same thing. Maybe I'll then switch to the news section to see. Maybe there's some news articles that include this uh, string string of words. The words I was typing were "Summer Games Fest absolute horseshit." Yes, everything, everything is dead space now. Oh God, it's so like I felt offended that they thought I would like it. There was a, there was a um, there was a trailer towards the start where it was some grim dark. Um, oh, I'm a grizzled man shooting aliens on an army base, and then at the end he just gets fucking. It gets his hand caught in a machine and grizzled to death, and I'm like, who the fuck is this? for is this which sociopaths commissioned this and which sociopaths are they expecting to buy this i've never felt more alienated from video games than during the first half of the stream fortunately it got marginally more interesting as it progressed as they left the fucking 10 minutes of you are an army man on a boat i hope you like being an army man on a boat this is what it looked like. It's God, exactly what it looked like. That Call of Duty shit was so bad. I don't know what they're expecting anyone to get out of it. Like, if you like Call of Duty, I understand. We made another one. Yeah, it looks exactly the fucking same. I genuinely <laughs> like, and it was about thirty solid minutes of just man's being smashed to bits. There were about mm-hmm. three different trailers that ended in you being killed brutally. Mm. It's I found it very off-putting and very I bad. Absolutely hated jeff keely after all of them saying man it doesn't that beat everything and <laughs> i i do think that is very funny like so he, he's been downplaying the event which is really weird when you have a thing that you want people to watch him being like you know listen hey um readjust your expectations um and then he started the show being like listen not everybody can get what they want which is just him saying like listen the show is bad i know that the show is bad um bad i just um tip to tail i have a few things i put in here is there anything that you saw there that you liked that you just straight up like oh hey that is a video game that i would like to play um, a couple of the ones that you've got in your list. Um, I thought Honkai Star Rail looked kind of interesting. Hell yeah! There are two of the of the Miyoho. They're also branding it like. Uh what the fuck are they calling it? They're like the Yoho Studios or something. Yoho Verse, yeah, I think, is what so. they're calling it. Two of them. So they're the, they're the Genshin Impact people, um, out of China, and two of them, kind of like back to back, was Honkai Star Rail and then also ZZZ Zenless Zone Zero. Yep. Back to back, and I'm like, fucking yeah, hell yeah. Um, Honkai Star Rail reminded me a little bit of Fantasy Star Online, not necessarily in, in gameplay, but I'm like, yeah, this. This has the vibe of Fantasy Star Online, so I was into that. And then, uh, Zenless Zone Zero is like immediately looking very, uh, like, uh, near Automata. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, fucking sign me up. You got it, Miyoho. Yeah, they were the ones that I felt had a distinctive artistic style that felt. I don't know. They they felt cool. They felt good and interesting. And there were there were a bunch of smaller indie titles towards the middle that I thought, you know, there, there was nothing that I wrote down like, oh, I've got to watch out for that one. But I went, yeah, some of these look fine. 
Yeah, the, uh, so High Water was was one of the indie ones that I, I saw, and I was like, okay, I like the way this looks. But even the fucking like, here's a breath of fresh air indie title after forty five minutes of of dis being of dismembering aliens. Yeah, um, yes. And it was like in the apocalypse, <laughs> like. My guy, we are in the apocalypse. We are living through the apocalypse. Can we have some, like, slight, like, distraction from the nightmare we live in? Yeah, I fully agree. Um, it was... <laughs> It was it was a breath of fresh air because it had an indie song Colour. playing as opposed to fucking Metallica playing, and because it liter- literally Metallica, like there there was one of the songs that was literally playing Metallica. Yeah, in some Marvel bullshit. Uh, hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was more colourful than the other depressing games. Um, <laughs> there was one game that started with uh, there's like a, a a female space archaeologist was uncovering some kind of relic. And I was like, oh, this might be an interesting game. And then immediately, like, a mech went down and started shooting some devils. And I went, oh, this trailer for a semi-interesting game has been interrupted by a trailer for all of the other games. Cool. Oh, like, that I think that was the... That was, like, Storm... It says, for like, some Storm, storm Rune. Yes. And, and so, like, those are, so those are ex-Blizzard people. And my understanding is that is an RTS. And it really, really looks like they said, we're going to make an RTS, and then it is going to be Diablo over... <laughs> It's going to be Diablo versus StarCraft is really, really the vibe that it gave off. Yeah, yeah. It was... (laughs) Because it was not a first-person game, I took that as a small glimmer of water in the uh in the desert but yes that was uh, really bad slim yeah, the, yeah. And so like in retrospect i'm like you know retroactively that state of play was excellent <laughs> uh because it's like oh there were there were things it was only 30 minutes this motherfucker was like two hours long yeah dwayne the rock johnson fucking turned up and started chilling no, energy a- drinks yeah, um, in a show that is that is literally ads for video games, there are also just regular ads. Yeah, super weird. I was shouting at the TV. Come on, these are not the adverts that I signed up to watch. <laughs> yes, um, bad. Just like listen, I uh, I was telling I was telling Jared we were, we were we I was I was messaging him while I was watching it and putting up trailers. Was um uh I d- people have been calling not E three Key three, and I was like. I don't like Jeff Keighley enough to use his name in the Naughty 3. Um, he's fine. He's pretty good at logistics. Like, he can get a bunch of fucking corporations to sign up to be on his fucking shows. But, like, this was unwatchable. I think every single year the Game Awards are fucking unwatchable. Um, it's bad. Like, he makes bad content. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. I don't know how he sleeps at night. <laughs> I've ended up with the game that got me through it. Which was so at the end of the trailer, he will make a comment, and it will always be either one of Wow, what a game! It's the moment we've all been waiting for, <laughs> or it will be Stormbone is an RTS game, or it will be no comment whatsoever. And I feel like there must be pricing tiers where the people who are advertising they've got to pay a certain amount for a Jeff Keighley compliment, a certain amount for Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Keighley to say the genre of the game after the end of the trailer. <laughs> And if they don't pay anything, then he just moves on to the next trailer. Um, but try to work out who's spending what on what 
is the game that I have been enjoying playing <laughs> to get me through Summer Game Fest. Yes, um, really. So just like I would just say, uh, very bad. Don't don't. If you have, if you're like going back and watching. So mind you, I was I was watching it with people talking over it, and that makes it slightly better. But you're st- we're still fundamentally watching the show, um, even if you have people being like woof. Or, you know, waking sounds to being like, hmm, mm-hmm, yes, murder game. Um, this is not a joke. I think I like video games less than I did three hours ago. Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, it, it, was, it was certainly not a good showcase. Um, and re- so, like, uh, Capcom's going to have a thing. There's some other, like, small things happening. But kind of, like, the last thing that is going to be happening in the E3, you know, time frame where things... You- used to be um is the <laughs> the xbox bethesda showcase yes. which is hilarious um they're like funny and um i have uh even i had low ex i had low expectations for this i now and it did not it did not hit my low expectations i now have even lower expectations <laughs> for the xbox bethesda showcase yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be grim um, it is a, it's a bad time to be playing video games. <laughs> um, there, there is some, there's some real dog shit happening. And by, do- I like, it's like, here's the stuff that we can show. It's bad. Um, also, most of these games aren't going to be coming out for a couple of years. <laughs> uh, what was, uh, the, the fucking, that pub, the PUBG, like, what is it? It's the something protocol, the override protocol. I, I can't remember what it's called because it's too bad. Uh, it's like the, it's the horror game that is set or used to be set. I guess that they have undone this. It was originally set in the PUBG universe, which is bizarre. Um, bad. Looks bad. It, it, it is. It I think is that might have been st- the one where he got sucked into the meat grinder at the end, right? That does sound right. That does sound right. The Callisto oh, protocol. Like, yeah, Callisto. Yeah, fucking horrible. Fucking, real bad. Just real bad. And every like everybody decided at the exact same time. They're like, "What if we made? What if we made Dead Space? Uh, but this time is hardcore." Or whatever. And it's just like everything all at the same time. And it's like, oh, nothing here is for me. Yeah. You have not done anything for me. Yeah, no, agreed. Fully agreed. Um, so bad. Um, the Saint, Saints Row character creators out now. That's cool. Um, you, there's lots of stuff you can do with it. I think that's neat. That's a cool thing to do. Put your, put your character creator out for people to play with. They're not the first people to have ever done that. I also think that they may have done that with Saints Row 4. But, uh, it's good. People should do that. It's cool. Um, Stray, which is the, like, cyberpunk cat game, um, is coming out on PlayStation and PC in July. Um, Spider-Man Remastered is coming to PC, which is cool. Um, it's a great game. I've played it already, and I won't be playing it on PC, but it is very cool that people can play it. Um, Roller Dome? Rob, have you seen Roller Dome? No, I've not seen Roller Dome at all. Uh, it looks there's a, a link to the trailer in the show notes okay. um it really does have that mobius look that 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 look that was so stark when, when sable did it now that i think there's like three games in development that also have that mobius art style um and it seems okay it's a multiplayer game and you're doing uh like violence on roller skates <laughs> uh, but it looks cool and like 1970s 1980s looking and I think that that seems okay. That is on PlayStation and PC in August. Soul Hackers 2. That seems like a cool 
game. It, the first Soul Hackers it's a it was a demo. It was a Devil Summoner game, like a, a sub game, uh, and it was branded with like Megami Tensei in the West. And that came out in like on a Saturn in like 1996 <laughs> or something. And, the, and they like put out like a DS port and things like that. And um, I'm mildly interested. And you know, you're you were certainly our Megami Tensei adjacent. Rob. Yeah, it's uh, so Atlas. Sure, have you feel anything about Soul Hackers? Looks kind of nice. I don't want to get my hopes up too much because I don't. I I, I thought maybe Shin Megami Tensei Five might have been up my street, but the more that I've seen of it, the more I thought this probably isn't for me. Um, yeah. So even though it's got some of the Persona uh, DNA that I quite like, I'm very aware that so far I only like Persona. <laughs> <laughs> um, season it was shown at the Sony Show that's coming out on PlayStation and PC in fall. Put down that it's also one of those companies it's it's an indie game they had shown it before they had done like a teaser trailer before and then in like the was it 2021 i think it was just like (laughs) it was like the me too movement hit indie games and there was just like here's all of this terrible shit (laughs) that all of these indie studios are doing and the season developer was one of that so i guess keep that in mind it's it does look very chill very nice so i will say if you if you're looking for a chill game then season is perhaps something that's up your, your alley the art um, is lovely. It is definitely very, very lovely. And then the trailers, I think, are also, like, really delightful. It's just, like, the it is chill vibes, cool in the video game trailer. <laughs> um, High Water is the, one of the ones that were shown today, was shown at the, whatchamacallit, festival, at the game Summer Games Fest. Uh, also, it's a Summer Game Fest, which is confusing, right? How is it? <laughs> it seems like it should be Summer Games, because there's more <laughs> than one game. Yeah. Um, bizarre, but there, so it's, that's, that's there. That's the one where you're, you're floating around in the, in the post apocalypse. Um, seems mildly okay. Um, Resident Evil 4 remake is coming. Of course it is. They kind of like had been hinting about that for a while. Resident Evil 4 is the only Resident Evil game that I like really, really love that is like, I have very strong affection for. However, <laughs> the, uh, Capcom has done its job of putting Resident Evil 4 on every platform that exists <laughs> of doing the Skyrim thing. I don't know if I need a Resident Evil 4 remake. So uh, it, it, it is weird because it is probably like the most they have for me. Like, like this is the, this is the one that they have for me. And yet I'm like, eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe when it's $30, <laughs> I'll check it out. Um, which if, I also feel like I have I have felt that a lot recently. Uh, they they announced that their the the remake of of The Last of Us, which is odd, um, that 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 got some stuff got leaked about that it is going to be a seventy dollar game, and I'm like fucking no, thank you. <laughs> I have played The Last of Us. I do not need to pay you seventy fucking United States dollars to play The Last of Us again. Call what? me when it's like what? I'm I'm sorry. Didn't you that you're. T- that you're t- telling me right now are it seems like complete fucking bullshit yeah um so i'm like call me when it's like 15 or 20 dollars and i'll be happy to fool around with it and look at the shiny new tech that naughty dog is working on a but remake of a game that literally just came out uh, yeah, it came out sorry, it, came it wasn't out. the last of us 2 it was the, the first one but still does it fucking merit a remake it's not that old it's nine years old. But here's the thing. It's so the original one on PlayStation 3 is, is nine years old. They remastered that game on PS4 like 
about three years after, and that remaster is yeah. really good, and it runs at 60 frames per second at 4K. There's no, there's no reason to have, like, so here's the thing. It is, the, the rumor is that it will also be coming to PC, which is great. Like, that's fine. You should put, you should put it on PC. That's an excellent, that's an excellent decision. People should be able to play it on PC. You should sell it there. But like, not, not me. You, you shall not be getting $70 from me to play a game that I've already played twice. No, thank you. Um, also, the Resident Evil thing, like, who needs another one? I mean, listen, people really, really like the Resident Evil 2 remake. That They think they did a, like, a really, really good job and that, like, modernizing the game. But Resident Evil 4 kind of, like, was the... Not that it, not that it hasn't aged. It definitely has aged. But it kind of set us forward on, like, what video games, like, what, what third-person shooters were going to be like for the next decade. So yeah, it's like... Thanks. Yeah, I don't, I don't really need that. Um... And, like, I, I have a lot of affection for Resident Evil 4, but, like, um, Eternites. Now, this, Rob, I saw this when they showed this at the thing, and then I looked into it. So, this is apparently the, the pitch, the pitch that the developer is giving is that the main developer played Persona 5 in 2019, was so inspired, they played, went back and played Persona 4 and Persona 3, and then quit their job and said, I want to make a game like those. <laughs> Fun. Um, so, Eternites is very much like an RPG kind of like dating simmy thing. I don't know if you've seen, if you've seen it, Rob. Uh, I've, I've had the trailer on uh, while we've been talking uh, silently, but all I've seen is, yeah, the visuals. Uh, Tell me, yes or no, is this the most fucking Rob thing imaginable? It's certainly in the Rob uh, wheelhouse. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this one. Yes, I, I think it looks really good. Um, you, you hold R two to hold hands. I think that's really that's <laughs> that's really nice. I like that. It's very important. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to Eternites. That's a that's an early 2023 thing. Um, they showed Final Fantasy 16. Uh, it's been so long since they've put out a single player Final Fantasy that is in the kind of classic Final Fantasy mold that is not in the like sci-fi Final Fantasy mold. Um, obviously, like Final Fantasy 14 exists, but that's an MMO. It's a very different thing than a regular single player JRPG. Um, so like it's it's wild. Like they had because you know, like Final Fantasy 15 was was the, <laughs> the bros road tripping. <laughs> The Cadillac. <laughs> Final Fantasy thirteen was like sci-fi lightning running around doing stuff. Uh twelve was a PS2 game. So Jesus. like it has been a long time since they have put out a a and that was an like an Ivalice game that is like the Final Fantasy Tactics Advance setting. Um that is, you know, it's not like it is not the most traditional, but it is definitely closer to traditional Final Fantasy setting, of uh, which is to say a pretty generic uh like fantasy setting. Um so this is the first one that they've done as a single player game in a long time. Uh and so I am I'm pretty I'm pretty interested in it. I I you know, who knows? They they leaned really hard in this trailer in the summons, like check check this shit out we can make our summons look really cool now and that's cool i'm i'm fairly i'm fairly interested in final fantasy 16 it has been it has been a long time and listen people talk shit about final fantasy 15 i think that game's pretty good um i think it launched as a mess but when i played it which was like two years after its initial release um it was in good shape i i liked that game quite a bit 
Um, let's see. Uh, Street Fighter Six, Rob. What is your Street Fighter history? Have you ever played a Street Fighter? Not knowingly, no. Okay, so um, uh, uh, Jared is extremely excited. He played. I don't know if I, I don't know if he told you this. He was a a uh, a pro Street Fighter four player for a while. Oh man! So he is a he is very into Street Fighter, uh, and kind of after Street Fighter five was a kind of a wet fart. Um, people are kind of excited about a new Street Fighter that seemed well, you know it looks okay. It looks pretty cool. And that's coming out in 2023, question mark. Um, you know, I, I, I am interested. What do you think? That's all, that's, that's all the games that I put down for not E3. <laughs> there are, there are infinitely more that are boring, uh, and I don't have anything to say about them. Uh, is there anything else that you saw that you want to call out, Rob? Um, no. Okay. Um, how, how, on a scale of one to ten, where are you at with the Xbox Bethesda thing? Oh, I think, honestly, after the two hours of my life that I just subjected myself to, uh, I think the only way is up. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Okay. Good. I mean, yes, it would be difficult for them to do it worse. Yeah, I feel like Jeff Keighley has successfully set my expectations low. Uh, <laughs> Which is what he wanted. Yes. Great success. Um, yes. I mean, like, listen, I don't want, I don't want to just, I don't want to just shit on Jeff Keighley because some of it is like, woof, the industry, COVID really fucked some shit up, which is true. It absolutely is true. But, um, yeah, you know, it is also when you put that, you put that show together. He also spent a long time being really smug online about E3 being canceled. <sighs> so, like, Let's not give Keely too much credit. Like, he's kind of like, haha, take it, the ESA, I'm the king now. And then he puts this out and it's like, it's very, uh, me sowing, me reaping. Yes, 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 extremely that. Um, the only other thing I really want to talk about is, um, Jeff Gerstmann left Giant Palm, which is the, he's, he is the, he was the only, like, kind of like original, um, person left there and so like giant bomb you know they're going to continue on they brought in some people that were like contracting uh dan reichert who was there for a long time um is coming back full-time he had left to be a a producer an online producer at the wwe which in my understanding was a nightmare because of course it would be um he is back full-time uh bringing in jeff grubb um noted video game leakist um jeff grubb uh and two of the uh longtime GameSpot staff um lucy james and tamor hussein both a british but now live in the united states um that's fine. Like I, I'm all the way checked out on Giant Bomb, and it, but it, 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 and like I have, I have like I did my grieving for Giant Bomb last year, like when when mm-hmm. the Next Lander folks left. Um, but it is really fucking weird. And so he 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 left. The the only note that they did about it, like when it happened on, on his last day, was a very like oh a, like a lawyer wrote this. Like it it opened with like there's no getting around this. Um. Uh, uh, Red Ventures, which is the parent company, and Jeff Gersman have decided to part ways. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, a human didn't write this, a lawyer did. Um, and so that's, that's, wasn't great. They're like, there was no send-off show. And like, whatever, I, I, I would not be surprised if that was like his decision. I, I'm not really speculating, but it is weird that like, you have this thing that was very influential. You create this thing, you, you build this thing. 
your thing gets sold multiple times, and then you just kind of leave, like, bye. It's it's weird. It's weird, right? Pretty weird. Um, then he, you know, is starting his own thing, starting a Patreon, starting a podcast, starting Twitch streaming, and all that's fine. Um, and he'll be fine. He, he, you know, he seems to be living a better life. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, talking about stuff where it's like, when you're owned by a corporation, you spend almost all of your time in meetings and answering emails and very little of your time doing the stuff that you want to do. And like, like, you're, you end up doing all of the soul sucking stuff about working at a corporation and very little of like making cool stuff. So yeah, I, I I get it. Listen, man, I understand <laughs> that meetings are bad, <laughs> and when you're in a leadership position, meetings are even worse. <laughs> um, so I guess like live your best life, Jeff Gersman. Um, it's hard. It is hard to think of people who are more influential in like from to me professionally than Jeff Gersman. Uh, extremely uh, important professionally to me. So like. I wish him the best. I hope all the folks at Giant Bomb, I hope that they all continue to get paid. Um, I kind of wish that it wasn't called Giant Bomb anymore. That is like a personal thing. But um, I, I hope that they continue to be paid. Hope they continue to have insurance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's weird. Uh, this used to be the time of year where it was like exciting video games, E3, the most excited about like Giant Bomb, you know, having their night shows around E3 because everybody would be in town and they would be interviewing and they would be talking to people in the industry or not and not just like they would have like phil spencer on or whatever and that's fine and like those are fine but the the most enjoyable stuff is like oh these are other people that they're like friends with in the industry and like come on and talk and chat and like oh hey here's all this wild stuff that's happening used to be very exciting and now all of that is like (laughs) it, 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 it like dies a thousand deaths it is it isn't even like you get to just have one thing where it's like all of this is done. It just has to be like, here's three years of the things that you care, like, you kind of like, just like, all, like, slowly dying <laughs> is unpleasant to live through. Uh, it's over now. I, yeah, well, yes. It is, it is as over as it could be without them literally, like, putting up a, like, like rest in peace giant bomb. <laughs> like, it, 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 giant bomb is, like, as as over as it could be without literally closing down the site. Um, there's still stuff, like, I, I, so I was a subscriber for years and years and years. Um, uh, they, they very much like led the way on, on subscribing to content, like paying for content on the internet. Um, I was, I was a premium subscriber forever. It, I am not anymore, um, because I don't watch any of their content. Um, there is like a back catalog that I, like, I started backing up and I'm like, this is a lot of effort to do this and a lot of storage space. I don't know if I need to do this, but like, it is kind of a bummer that there is like a substantial back catalog of things from like 2008 through 2019 that like, I wish I could, I could rewatch those at will, but I'm not going to pay them $5 a month to do that. <laughs> so shrug. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jeff Gersman is now saying, hey, doing pretty well. It's only been a couple of days, but it seems, seems to be successful enough to, uh, to sustain it. So good for him. Rob, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, soundcloud.com forward slash Rob D. Webster. And listen to, <laughs> to your ode to Giant Bomb. Yes. <laughs> Uh, your dirge, your giant bomb dirge. Yes. <laughs> um, your dirge of Cerberus. Uh, Laughlin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on Instagram, it's at Bachanin. I will be posting pictures of my trip. Like I always, it. It's always pictures of trips and cats and food. So. Hell yeah. 
Boatin' and Eatin' Tatsiki, the Lothlin story. Uh, and if you want to see what I do, head over to grantbruner.com. For the week the Roar, I'm Grant Bruner. I'm Rob Webster. And that's Lothlin. Have a good one. Above the house and looking down. You may seem silly, I guess I gotta go back there. Guess I never was any other answer. And as the freeway hums, the cars go by. The headlights roll across the sky. Many miles away, and I can see them spinning through the dark. But if you need me, I'll be downstairs with the shop back. But I probably won't hear you Because it's loud with the shop back on You'll be okay You'll be upstairs With the TV You can cry And I probably won't hear you Because it's loud with the shop back